Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into a very, very exciting edition of Judd's Hockey Show. It's Zolgad, it's Declan Goff, and so much to talk about. Um, of course, the Wild making the first really major move, Declan Goff, of the Bill Guerin era on Monday night. Jason Zucker, who had been in trade rumors for the past year, actually going back to last year's trade deadline, the left winger sent to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Alex Galchenyuk, a veteran who has uh, struggled to find his way in the last couple of years, comes to the Wild along with a junior defenseman who I guess is pretty good offensively, kid by the name of Kalen Addison, and a conditional first-round selection in the 2020 draft, which is only conditional if Pittsburgh completely chokes and misses the playoffs. It's lottery-protected. It's not going to happen. Thus, the Wild's going to have two first-round picks in 2020. We will talk to a Wild GM, Bill Guerin, on Judd's Hockey Show about this um, shortly. But let's start with you, and we have discussed this quite a bit, but after basically a day to absorb this, digest it, your thoughts on this trade? I think it's a pretty even trade, as a lot of people have have said here. I know there's some metrics that are saying the Wild actually got more back than the Penguins got. I, I think what is established is you know what Pittsburgh's getting in Jason Zucker. Right, It's almost like this is the guy who can score 20 to 30 goals. He's a north-south player. He's a two-way player. He's going to probably thrive playing along with Sidney Crosby or Vigani Malkin. It doesn't matter who uh, when you're playing along with one of those two guys. And you're as talented as Zucker. You're going to have success. For the Wild's sake, um, you essentially got the two main pieces are another first-round pick. So now you have two at your disposal coming this June. Uh, the second being Kalen Addison, Pittsburgh's top prospect. Let's not let's not forget that. That is their top prospect and their prospect pool as as a depth is not great but he is their top prospect and a guy who was a stud in the world for the world juniors team and he's a right shot defenseman a dynamic player so those are the two main keys and then yes Alex Galchenyuk um, a veteran guy who's been around I should say veteran he's 26 years old but it seems like he's been around forever he's a former 30 goal scorer from Montreal four years ago he's had some bad luck in Arizona a not a good fit in Pittsburgh and now he essentially has what a 32 game audition to prove that he wants to stick around here in Minnesota. And to be honest, I bet he's a motivated individual who wants to come here. And I know he's on his third team in basically 12 months, but I'm excited to see what he can do here. And I think that's a good thing for the Wild if he can be re-signed. I absolutely love this trade. I love it. I love it. I love it. Zucker is going to go to Pittsburgh, and he's going to score a ton of goals. And guess what? Good for him. Now, where he's going to get an opportunity to prove himself, and he didn't here, is the playoffs. Once the playoffs start, springtime comes, and you know what? Playing with Geno Malkin or Sidney Crosby, my guess is Jason thrives. I'm glad he should thrive. But this Bill Guerin, 
if there was one gripe that you heard about Paul Fenton's trades, which, by the way, I still like for the yeah, most part, so far, not but bad. what was the gripe? He didn't get enough back. He just didn't get enough back. You got more than I ever thought back for a guy who, who could score goals in Jason, but you got a first-round draft pick back, a defenseman, a right-handed shot who can generate offense. Guess what? Hard to find, right? And Galchenyuk is basically on a tryout, and if he walks, guess what you've got? More cap room. From a wild perspective, this begins to help, again, pay for the sins of Chuck Fletcher. And that's not an indictment on Chuck Fletcher. But Declan, how many times did that team with Chuck go for it? And they made trades that cost them draft picks and prospects. And you watched those trades and said, at the time, I don't care because the Wild, which had Parisi, Suter, Koivu at the top of their games probably at that moment, were going for it. And you love to see that. But you also knew in the back of your head, eventually you're going to pay for this. And it's going to have to come, it's going to have to be made up from somewhere. This is the start of that. And really, Fenton started it. But the first round pick, you've now got two picks in the first round. And I believe in 2020, right now, Bill Guerin has all his picks, but a third round pick. Correct. So all of these things take me down the path of it's a win-win trade. And if I'm a Wild fan, I am in love with this trade and I think there's at least one or two more to come as Garen realizes and knows that the most important thing right now is not pursuing a playoff spot because it's not. It's pursuing revitalizing and re-energizing and getting depth back into this franchise, which this is going to do. Yeah, and look, Garen only had so much to work with, I think, when it comes to trade bait. And there's a lot of guys with no movement clauses and you only have so much to work with, and I think Zucker was probably the primary guy that you wanted, uh, that, that Bill Guerin wanted to move because he knew he could get something for him. And for him to go to his past organization, and I know this was another knock on Fenton. Why is he so obsessed with Fiala? Why is he so obsessed with doing a deal with Nashville? Why, why, why? Well, there, I don't think that should be looked at as uh, as wrong. I, I think that should be something you you should know. That That executive knows that prospect system inside and out. And to be honest, I'd rather have a guy who's familiar with an organization than throwing bleep at the wall and seeing if it sticks from another organization. So Garen knows what he's getting, I think, in Addison. Obviously, the draft pick is just good for the Wild long term because I believe they've only had three first-round picks in the last six drafts ballparking off the top of my head. So you get two first-round picks. Your prospect system is decent, but Kaprizov is a lot of top-heavy of that system. So you're going to have two first-round picks, and whether you use both of them, great, or... Let's be honest, if they acquire a third, I think the writing on the wall is a move up into the draft or even acquiring a player could not be off the table. And yeah, and last thing that's incredibly important to keep in mind too is this creates room for Kaprasov now. Zucker had to go. You were going to trade him. Right. And at some point in time, I think what you asked yourself is, can Billy Guerin possibly maximize the value of Jason Zucker given the fact that everybody he calls is going to know that he needs to trade this guy? And the answer that came back on Monday to me was absolutely. I think you'd be hard-pressed to call around the league and find a team that would have given you a first-round draft pick, a right-handed shot, power play specialist, young defenseman, and a throw-in who, by the way, again, worst case, gives you more salary cap room because you're not taking his contract. Right. Let's really, and I think, I know Galchenyuk has his warts, don't get me wrong, but let's just not write him off as this is not going to work here in Minnesota. I, I think he's going to come in very motivated and ready to play, and, and he's a guy who scored 30 goals, whether he's on the wing or the center. I think it's worth exploring. But if he stays, he has to stay for cheap. 
He's yeah. staying on my terms. He, he, there is, he, I don't if think he, he, if he plays twenty-seven great games, he ain't. I, I ain't paying him. Yeah, there. He has next to no leverage, in my opinion, going into a contract. Make good contract, correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay, so Declan likes the trade. I like the trade. We talked to Wild GM Bill Guerin about the trade on Judd's Hockey Show, and here's what Bill Guerin had to say about the deal. Okay, joined now on Judd's Hockey Show by Wild GM Bill Guerin, who, of course, pulled off the trade that sent Jason Zucker to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday night. And start you off with this one, Billy. How long did this trade talk and how, uh, trade talk go on, and how many teams were involved in discussions, as you discussed what I would guess was a pretty good asset in a guy that can score some goals in Jason Zucker? Yeah, I mean, well... It- it's kind of a, a, a funny deal because um, not even a year ago, I mean, six months ago, seven months ago, I was on the other side of it. I was working for Pittsburgh trying to acquire uh, Jason from the Minnesota Wild uh, for Phil Kessel. So, you know, and I was uh, a, a big supporter of, of Jason. And um, so, you know, even though there are many teams that, that called about him, uh, you know, Jim was the guy that, that uh, that I really knew was passionate about him, and I knew we could work out a fair deal. And um, you know, Jim's obviously great to work with, and uh, it just it just made sense for both sides. Sure, was doing a deal with people that you knew with the Penguins. Did that make it easier or more difficult in some ways to make sure that you got a return that ultimately you and the Wild thought was fair and that you liked? Well, I you know, in dealing with Jim, I mean, I. I said this, uh, you know, many times uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, one of the first things I le- learned from Jim was to always try to make a fair deal. Never try to just win it um, because you'll have a hard time making deals and um, you, you want it to work for both sides. Actually, we had that conversation at the St. Paul Hotel uh, when he first came on board. And um, so I knew that Jim and I could work uh, together to to create something that, that works for both sides. And I, I I believe Jason's going to have great success over there, and we're really, really happy to have Alex Gilchenyuk uh, jumping in the lineup tonight um, with Kalen Addison as our our uh, defensive prospect and a first round pick. So I, I I think it just works. Hey Bill, what what does Alex Gilchenyuk have to do to get closer to maybe being that player he was in Montreal when he scored thirty goals and, and not being the player that's being demoted on the fourth line and really struggling to find his game? What do you want to see him kind of bring here to Minnesota? You know what? There are a couple of things that that a, a, a player has to do when they're struggling, and and I've been there, and it's not a it's not a great place to be. Um, but what I told him and what I want him to do is, I expect him to come in and be a good teammate, work his tail off, and have some fun. You know what? He's going to get an opportunity to play now, and you know it's been a little while since he played you know significant minutes, and um, you know that's all you want to do is is play. No matter what level you're at, uh, if you're a pro, if you're a mini mite or whatever, you want you want to be in the game. And he's going to get that opportunity. And I want him to come in here and enjoy his, uh, his experience uh, right off the bat in Minnesota. Bill, take us through the process of this trade, too, because you obviously traded a guy who's probably going to go to Pittsburgh. And to your point about it being a good trade for both sides, you know, he's going to play with, what, Geno or Sidney Crosby. He's probably going to thrive. He's probably going to be great. And that's going to cause some fans to be like, well, you traded this great player, blah, blah, blah. But how much of a conundrum or difficult situation, if you want to call it that, Bill Guerin, do you face? Because you came here late, and and I'm sure look at this franchise, and you see holes in the draft previously, because the, the Wild, much like the Penguins are doing right now, Billy, went for it. 
you probably see holes in the AHL system as far as the minor leaguers go. How much of this is also about the future and the repair of, of building up a franchise that with Chuck Fletcher, quite frankly, probably three times went for it and lost assets because of that? Well, that's why I that's why I personally like the trade is because, you know, as I said in my press conference, we, we checked a lot of the boxes. Um, we, we got somebody that can help us now. We got somebody that's going to be here in the near future. And we got a draft pick that's that's in the first round that's, that's going to be a, a future asset. And you know what? Um, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Jason's going to go and have success with Pittsburgh. That's okay. You know what? You don't want people to go places and fail. Um, you know, we wish him all the best, and Pittsburgh's uh, a good hockey team and a good place. I know that personally. Um, but we need to we need to fix some some things here. And it's not about what they're doing. It's about what we're doing. Hey, Bill, with Kalen Addison, uh, it seems like these right-shot dynamic defensemen are, are truly hard to find. And I know you're doing due diligence with the entire roster, but possibly having the idea of Matt Dumba and Addison playing together, I mean, that has to be a, a thing that you're looking at long-term that you'd love to have as a building block for the while going forward. You know what? There's, there's, you can never have enough defensemen. I learned that early on in my uh my post-playing career. And, um, you know, the fact that we've added another right shot defenseman to the mix, um, a young kid that can, that can learn from the, the players that we have right now, uh, not just play with them, but, you know, really learn from them. It's a, uh, it's a bonus for us. So we're, like I said, we're really happy with the return. And, and you know, Kalen's a good kid. I, I know him from my time in Pittsburgh, and he's a good person. He really wants to be an NHL player, and uh, we're excited about that. Bill, what would be your response to the fan base who see uh, Jason get dealt and think that Bill Guerin is bailing on the 2019-20 season as far as playoff potential goes? Well, I would respectfully disagree. Um, I believe that I believe that other players are going to get more opportunity. Um, I I believe that uh, this is something where Alex Gilchenyuk's coming and motivated and ready to play and he's he's a proven scorer in this league as well and he can help us and hey look i still think we can make the playoffs that's the mandate to the team we Mm want to make the playoffs and if anybody's bailing out there's it's not going to be good all right so um you know respectfully disagree with anybody who says that all right i love that that quote i've watched this team since its inception bill and i want to say the last i don't know take your pick four or five years after a trade like this i feel like i've seen this team come out in the next game incredibly flat like oh boy my friend is gone woe is me as bruce likes to say i love your mandate that you can almost use this type of trade because guys do get close i'm sure as sort of a gauge of of people's mentality too, and that this will this will try players, and they can go. I think what you're saying, one of two directions: the oh boy, this is not fair side, or the you know what, bleep this, I'm going to continue to work hard side. I love that sort of edict to the players. Well, thanks. You know, and look, I I don't want to um, you know uh, minimize the human aspect to it. There there are. There are wives, there are families involved in this, um, and it, and it is difficult. It, it's difficult to see a friend go, and it, it it turns people's lives upside down. I've been there, um, 
I think four times in my career. And uh, at least, I mean, traded four times and then moved another three. Uh, so I, I get it, and I don't take it lightly. Um, but you know what? We're all professionals here. This is what we signed up for. And, uh, you know, th- this, is, uh, this is part of the job. So, uh, you know, it, sometimes it hurts, but you're expected to be there at 7 o'clock tonight and, uh, and playing your hardest. Hey, Bill, how much or not at all are, are you taking into consideration that that expansion draft is coming up uh, next year? Uh, are, is that factor in as you do moves here at the deadline or next summer, or is that just not a bridge you're going to cross until maybe a year from now? No, it comes up. Um, can, can I say it's at the top of our list right now? Uh, you know, no. But we, we do take it into consideration. Um, we do try to look down the line as, as far as we can, and and that's going to be, uh, you know, that's an important uh, uh, time. And you know, you see, you know, you see players that are picked up or players that you, you know, you try to keep and you lose other assets. So it's going to be something that we we definitely have to deal with. But it only comes up once in a while right now. So, Bill, this trade comes exactly two weeks before the uh, trade deadline, which is February twenty fourth. How much does this possibly position you? Because there is a bit of a cushion here. Uh, to potentially make a few more deals before that that deadline, knowing exactly what the return for Jason was. Well, listen, like I, I, I don't want to promise that there are going to be more trades, um, and I don't want to promise that there there won't. Um, I, I'm I'm on the phone with other general managers uh, pretty consistently now. I, um, you know, I. I have great conversations with guys and we're all trying to do the same thing and that's improve our team. And, uh, you know, uh, I, like I said before, I like our players. I like them as people. I like them as players. I think we're good. So I'm not in a rush to just, you know, put guys out the door. If it makes sense for us and it's going to help us, uh, either now or down the line, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And, uh, but if it doesn't make sense for us, I, I, I like who we have to give me the, uh, your, your thought process on this one. What was Bill Guerin's perception of the Wild organization in late August, the day that you took this job, versus your perception now, well into the season, and now being completely familiar with things like the personnel, the players, the depth charts? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, no, my, hey, look, my, my perception coming in was that, um, that we're a team that uh, – um, was just maybe a little stale, a little, uh, maybe a little, um, a little tired. Um, you know, there, there had been some, some playoff, uh, um, you know, bursts, um, but then, then not much beyond that. And I think what, what I really saw was, um, we could just use a little bit more of an attitude adjustment, a little bit more swagger, a little bit more confidence. And, uh, I'll tell you what. There's a ton of character in, in, the, in this locker room. Um, these guys really, really like playing here. They like playing together. Um, they're, 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 they're good people, like I said. A lot of character. I really like this group, and they like each other. So I've been really impressed with them. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully we can, we can string together a bunch of wins and, and sneak in. Thanks, Bill. Great stuff. Appreciate it. All right, John's Hockey Show continues. Our friend Lou Nanny joins us now as we continue to discuss the Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh trade. Alex Galchenia coming back. Young defenseman Kalen Addison and also a first-round draft pick in 2020 from the Penguins. 
Louis, your thoughts upon hearing the news of uh, Bill Guerin's first major trade as Wild GM? Well, I think it's a trade that was really good for both teams. He had to do something to uh, eventually open up room for uh, Karasov, or however you pronounce the name, that's coming over next year. But yep. he needed to get, the, they got to start stockpiling assets. And he was able to do that with the steel. He not only got Kelly Yanchuk to come here, and he's on a contract that expires, so if he doesn't look like he's going to produce, he has had one year of 30 goals, and he's a kid that I know a little bit about because he played with my grandson on the U.S. team. But he never, uh, he, he, he just hasn't been consistent enough to stay in one spot. But he has, he's got skills, he's got capabilities, and Boudreaux can get him to get those skills out and productive. Uh, that's going to be a bonus because besides that, they got a first-round pick, which is always good, and they got a good uh, prospect in Addison who was able to be free because they've had Marino play so well for them this year, a complete surprise for Pittsburgh. Lou, with Galchenyuk, this is a guy who just four seasons ago, I believe, scored 30 goals as a 21-year-old, and I know he's been a little bit lost in the shuffle in Arizona and then got buried in Pittsburgh. Uh, at least from a 30,000-foot view, I know you haven't probably seen him a ton, but what do you think he has to do to maybe get back to the player that he was scoring goals in Montreal? Well, one thing he's got to do is be consistently intense. I don't think he's been that when you watch him play. Uh, he has times when he, he really battles and is intense, and other times when he doesn't. And most of the times, you know, he's got a history of being a good scorer. He's got a history of being a good player. And when you're not reaching that level, the first thing you've got to look at is your work ethic and how hard you're working and how smart you're working. And I think that that's uh, got to be where they start from with this kid because, as you said, he has got skills. He's got talent. Uh, he's proven that. That's why he was such a high draft pick. And uh, he did, you know, become productive for a while. But they got to get him back to do that consistently. And the one good thing uh, besides that is he's got some size. He's bigger than, than uh, Zucker. And one of the things the Wilds got to start doing is adding some more size on their forward lines. Do, do you think ultimately uh, with Galchenyuk, Louis having a 27-game trial, that he's a wing or center? Well, you know, I haven't seen him enough to make that statement. I know he started out as a center. And many times when you're not uh, doing things, you're not battling for pucks, you're not you're not making plays, and they put you in the wing and hope that maybe somehow, some way, you're, you're going to come out of it that way. Uh, having years ago when I first saw him, he looked like he could be a good centerman mm-hmm. because he does handle a puck and he can skate. And it's not for lack of skill that he's not playing center. And I think that... Uh, one of the things he he might be able to find out here is just uh, what is his position where he's going to be most productive and and can he be smart enough and consistent enough to to play in the middle. So Lou, this trade is made uh, by Garen two weeks out exactly from the trade deadline. Do you think this positions him possibly uh, now knowing exactly what he got back for Jason to make another move or two? I think uh, regardless whether he traded Zucker or not, he's in position to make moves or two because you can't sit with the team the way you are right now and just expect that everything's going to be uh, roses in not only for this year but for the future. You've got to start building the team up. You've got uh, you know, quite a bit of age on your team compared to some of the other teams in the league, so you've got to start adding young players that are productive and can produce and, and – uh, and, and play at a high level consistently so that, you know, every night you're, you're a, a tough team to play against. And, and I do think that uh, Billy feels that way, and, and I don't think timing had 
much to do with it because uh, whether it was now or two weeks or in the summer, if, uh, if if he still had Zucker and that trade came up, he probably still would have made it. And I think that he's got other trades in mind that he'd like to, or at least things that he'd like to change that he he will change if he finds something that uh, comes back that in his mind makes him a, a better team than they were before he made the deal. Louis Kalen Addison is the obviously the prospect they got back, and he's a right shot dynamic defenseman. I know he played pretty well for Canada in the World Juniors team. It, it seems like those right shot dynamic defensemen are really hard to find, and and whether the Wild want to entertain trading Dumba or not. I have to imagine the idea of having Dumba and Addison possibly playing alongside together or just on the wild as a whole has to be something the Minnesota is happy to build upon in future seasons. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, we got to remember Junior is not the NHL, so he is a good prospect. But until they get the NHL and produce and, produce and, and prove that they're capable of doing it, it's a, it's a wish list that you have. And uh, if he is able to do that, he gives a wild flexibility. He also gives him depth, and he gives him uh, a better defense score than he had yesterday. So it, it is something that uh, we'll know in the near future because here's another guy who was a high pick and, and really produced, and and Pittsburgh, I'm sure, didn't want to deal, deal him that easily. But if you look at the Pittsburgh lineup, you got Latang, who's one of the best defensemen and one of the most creative defensemen, and he's a right-hand shot in the NHL. He's getting a little older, so all of a sudden they come up with Marino, and Marino's just had an outstanding year. Another right shot defenseman made Addison available, and so Addison now has got an opportunity. I think it's a better opportunity with the Wild uh, than he might have had with Pittsburgh because, uh, as you pointed out, if if he is really good and productive, uh, the Wild then have some depth to trade from on defense to add some other pieces to the puzzle. Lou, how potentially dangerous is Zucker, in your mind, playing on the wing of Sidney Crosby or Geno Malkin? Well, I really like Zucker. He's a goal scorer. He's a guy that uh, has uh, done very well in the NHL, very well in college, very well everywhere as far as scoring. Uh, And and he gets an opportunity to play with either Crosby or Malkin. Uh, Those are two (laughs) top centermen. In in my estimation, uh, Malkin should have been in the top 100 of the the century, too. So that would have been two of the best 100 players ever played in the game. So when you've got a guy that can skate and put pucks in the net like Zucker, it should uh, bode very well for him. What do you think, Lou, a a defenseman uh, potentially with the deadline approaching gets you back now? When I look at a list right now, uh, Toronto needs blue line help. Carolina definitely does. Columbus just lost Seth Jones. I'm thinking that if you take a Dumba, and I'm not even going to suggest Brodeen because you got mad last week. If you take a Dumba to market, I'm thinking that the return right now might be almost too good to say no to. Well, you might be right in that, and and but until until you find out that uh, Addison's going to be able to fill Dumba's role or who's going to do it, you know, I just like to know why. You, the one thing you have to have in the NHL to play well and have a lot of success is a good defense. And why do you create a hole on defense if we don't know who you got to fill that hole yet? Just to fill a hole at forward, you got to find something else to fill the hole at forward until you're sure that moving Dumb is not going to hurt you on the back end because Addison, for instance, is going to come and take that position. So I, uh, I'm always, I'm very careful when it comes to. Talking about dealing defensemen, uh, because you you just 
everybody, you were just talking about, everybody wants a right-shot defenseman. Where are you going to find him? So all of a sudden now, because we got one, we don't know how he's going to play yet. And we're going to trade, are you going to trade Dumba? Unless you're convinced this guy is, uh, you know, going to be a terrific hockey player. I mean, New York lucked out, the Rangers lucked out this year. That happened. Fox came out of college, right out of college. And he's playing as their best defenseman in, on the New York Rangers. And they never expected that. They thought he'd be good, but they never expected he'd be that good. So if Addison comes out and does something along the same lines, yeah, then you you got a lot of opportunities. But I don't think you make trades right away till you know where you sit as far as the defense goes. And I think it's going to take some time to, to make that decision. Unless you're just convinced that, say, it was dumber trading, he, he no longer fits in your plans. Whether Addison makes it or not, then you make a deal. Louis, I know you said you you saw Addison play with your grandson Vinny before. I, I guess what have, what have you saw? What did you see from him when you saw him play? And maybe how long do you think it will take him to maybe make that jump into the NHL? Are you talking? I, I never saw Addison. No, I was talking about Gal. Oh, you saw Galchenyuk. Gotcha. With my grandson Louis and uh, under eighteen team. Okay. In Slovakia or under seventeen team. I haven't seen Addison play. I have no gotcha. idea. Gotcha. I guess, and what, what what did you see from Galchenyuk that, that you saw? Well, he's a really skilled player that had, looked like he had a lot of promise. He got good size, good hands, good speed, and they seemed to know the game pretty well. So, he, you know, I saw what the other scouts saw, and Montreal drafted him really high. But as you said, he's been in three teams now, so it's, I don't think it's a skill as much as it's the uh, work ethic and the intensity because <laughs> when you see the skill on a level like uh, we've seen. And, yeah, as you said, he, he had one year over 30 goals. You, you know it's there. And because he had did, he's done that in junior, he's done that before. So it wasn't like an aberration. Then you then you have to start wondering why isn't it uh, an every year thing. And then you look at the work ethic and the intensity. Lou, did you get a chance to see the Wilds loss on Sunday to the Avalanche? Uh, yeah, I saw parts of it, right. Okay, I'd like to I'd like to make a case to you of a player that I now feel would be it'd be in the wild and that player's best interest to be traded to a playoff contender where he could play a lesser but important role. Uh, Eric Stahl at times this year I think has looked fantastic, and on Sunday against the Abs, he's being asked to do a lot. So I'm almost this is almost in defense of him, but being asked to do that much, there are times where he looks his age. He looks tired. He looks like he's a step slow. I really think, Lou, the more I examine this, that Eric Stahl would be best served to be traded to a team, a playoff-type team, where he could probably go bump down to, let's say, the third line and play an important role. But just watching him try and play what the Wild's asking him to do right now at his age, a lot of weeks seems like it's a lot. Well, I I, I have to agree with you that uh, he should be attractive to some teams that are going to the playoffs. And if that's the case and you can get the right price, then because I personally think that the Wild, whether they're seeing it or not, is in a building mode, and I and I believe uh, Garen showed that with the trade with Zucker for what he got back, and I, I do think then you start gathering assets where you can, and uh, it would hurt you to lose Stall in, in the short run. You know every year he's going to come and get you at least 20 goals, and he's going to play in tight situations, but... Uh, we're not talking about this year and next year. We're talking about when the Wild's going to be a team that's going to contend for the Cup. So it's going to be a while. You, it takes you a few years, four or five years down the line to get the kind of team that they had four years ago, three years ago when they were very capable of contending for the Cup. And 
And so now you got to stockpile assets. So if you get something that's worthwhile, as as much as I like Stahl, and I I really enjoyed having him around in a while because I think the guy is just a treat to you know, be with. He he's a, he he won a cup for a reason because this guy is a competitor. This guy's a talent. And unfortunately, you know, age catches up to everybody. And and before. Uh, you're going to get to a position where stock could be a part of it. It's not going to happen. You might as well get something of value for him if you get that opportunity. But if you're not getting some of value, I wouldn't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lou, I, not to push back on Judd's idea, but I kind of think if you're going to trade Eric Stahl and with the Wild having basically not a lot of future at center outside of Eric Sinek, I would think you almost need to get a, like a straight-up hockey trade back where maybe you get another young center back in return for someone like Stahl. Well, I don't know if you got to get a player. You could get a – if you see – now, I don't know if you could get it. I don't know how other people are regarding them and the teams. But if you got a, a, a second-round pick with a quality draft, you got to remember, Kucherov, four years ago or whatever it was, he went in the second round. You know, you get the right player in the second round. It's worth waiting three years for him. Amen. Because you're not going to be where you want to go before three years. So you might – if you're going to get something that's dynamic and really good – then you got to have patience. you got to wait. Everybody wants to win. Only one team can win. Exactly. And you got to be bad before you're good. And sometimes, you know what, because I've said this about what Bill did last night, and I don't mean it derogatory. They The Wild is now paying for what Chuck Fletcher did, the sins of trying to go for it. Right, Louie? There, there were like three years there where he traded prospects and draft picks, and you knew why, because they said we got Parisi, Suter, Koivu, that list of players who at that time are at the top of their game and you're trying to win a cup. And so you so you trade away potential future assets. But at some point in time, to your point right there, it also comes back and you have to make deals to get those things back in order to make another push. And I think that's a very fair thing. Well, it is. I, I mean, let's face it. Uh, Parisi and, 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 uh, and uh, Suter got long-term big contracts. Would I do that again? In a heartbeat. I think it was the best thing that Wild could have done at that time. Yep. They they have really added so much to the organization. They had a six-year playoff run. I mean, you know, you, you got to make these decisions, and you have to you have to be willing to, uh, you know, realize afterwards that you got to rebuild again. But not every team in the league gets to go to the playoffs six years in a row like the Wild did. And not every team in the league gets the opportunity to get an opportunity to play for the Stanley Cup like I really believe that while two years out of those four, out of those six, they could have won the cup. They just, uh, you know, they they got out goaltender. They, they, uh, we know the Blackhawks, Crawford killed us, and and uh, uh, goaltender from St. Louis killed us. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, those two years, while get by that round, mm-hmm. they had the capability of winning the cup. And and even the people in the Ronda National League felt that they'd be in the finals. So. You know, you got to do what you got to do to get the opportunity to be there. Exactly. I, I'm going to make a statement right now, Lou, or at least tell you a statement that might sound absolutely crazy. And yes, it's it's very small sample sizes. The kids say th- these days, but from what I've seen the past two weeks, so you watch the North Stars from their inception in '67 to the time that they moved in '93. I was a huge North Star fan from let's say 1980 until they moved, and we both watched the Wild in the 20 years that they've been playing. Kevin Fiala, from what I've seen the last two weeks, Lou Nanny, has some of the best hands that I've ever seen from an NHL player wearing a local jersey. 
Am I completely nuts? No, he has, and he has hands and feet, not just hands. Yeah. He's, got, he's a great like skater, it. and he's got great hands. You know, and, and, and he's got a, and, he, and he's exciting. I mean, he's exciting as he can get. But you can't be a one-dimensional occupier. That's why Bruce is happy with him now, because he's learning <laughs> to play the other parts of the game. You know, you you, yeah. you you can't uh, you can't just have physical skills and no head. You can't just have a head, no physical skills. And and the good part of it is this kid's got an opportunity to learn and play better defensively. And when he gets that, he's going to be tremendous. He's he's exciting as there is to watch now. He's uh, he's really to me uh, so entertaining when he gets the puck. I love watching the things he can do and the speed he's got to do it with. But he's got to get over the turnovers that he. It almost seems like time he gets so excited about the offensive part that he doesn't mind taking chances inside his own blue line around that that zone sometime, and that's where he gets in trouble. But he's that's happened less and less now, and I think uh, as Bruce stays on him, uh, he's becoming more aware of it, and he's become more of a complete occupier, and he'll be a very valuable asset when he got it all in there because he's so dangerous when he gets that puck. That goal he scored against the Avs on Sunday on Sunday knocked my socks off. It was incredible. That was an incredible move. Three guys, I think, were just left in his wake, and the shot was, was great. But you're right. The feet are great, too. So thank yep. you, sir. Appreciate you're it, Nanny. Nice talking to you guys. All Thanks. Right. Thanks. Take Luke. care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, Joe Talkie Show continues. Good stuff from uh, Bill Gare and the Wild GM. We appreciate his time. And as always, our friend uh, Lou Nanny talking about the Zucker trade. And, you know, I just I think unless you were Declan, a diehard Zucker fan, that this trade strikes you as the type of trade that really is just fair. It's just it it's a fair trade, and I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a hockey person who says that there is one side to this trade. We talked about on uh, Ventline today, the, and Pittsburgh short term is going to benefit from from this. There's no doubt in my mind that Pittsburgh is going to. Pittsburgh got a player to replace Jake Ensel, who's probably going to do a very good job. Um, the Wild long-term, though, definitely up their depth and the core of this team. I think what, what's more important is, or maybe the next uh, this next question as we wrap up, is what's next? You know, I, Zucker's trade was the first domino to fall, and now what do you want to do? Do you want to try to get something for one of those defensemen in Brodeen or Dumba? Are you entertaining trading Eric Stahl? I am probably, after talking to Bill Guerin here, about a half hour ago, I'm probably now out on maybe trading a Marcus Foligno just because the way those those words he used, there was, we needed a swagger, we needed a culture change a little bit, and you and I touched on this after the on the emergency pod, a trade like that to Foligno, who I think really holds that glue that team together, that now that is a gut punch. That is a GM who doesn't give a damn about that locker room, and to me. Bill Guerin does strike me as someone who does care about that team. And you heard him. He still thinks they can make the playoffs. You and I disagree with that. But Guerin still views this as a playoff team. And I don't think that's lip service either. Guerin seems pretty candid and honest with those comments. So it's now what's next? What's the next trade that you want to make by the deadline? I think that for Billy Guerin to trade, Marcus Foligno would be basically, and Guerin was a good player, but would in Bill Guerin's mind be Bill Guerin trading Bill Guerin. And right. I don't think he, he can That's do it. Point. I don't think he should do it. And I don't think that there is a chance now, especially since he's been demoted to the fourth line for, what, now two weeks? I don't think there's any chance that Miko Koivu is coming back to this team in 2020-21. So I'm pretty sure that unless something changes drastically, Marcus Foligno is going to be your captain then. And, you know, 
keep in mind too, as Paul Fenton started this, and then the Zucker trade continues this, of trading that core of the next guys, right? Because there was Parisi and Suter and Koivu. And then there was the next group of Coyle and Nino Ryder and, and Jason Zucker. And I can go down that list. Um, but that was going to be the next group. And that group, it's not that they were bad because they weren't. But what they didn't do, I don't think, is they didn't materialize for this team as far as what they needed. They never they never took control. And it was always sort of the excuse of, well, Zach's here and Miko's here, right? And, and, and Ryan's here and we can't do this. But I think what you're seeing now is a shift into the Felinos of the world and the Cunnins of the world of guys saying, and Eck too. You know, Eck's not a sexy player, but he's damn good. Yep, I and like I think that. there's a, a a seismic shift of those guys being like, bleep this, this is our team. And if Zach and Ryan want to come along for the ride, that's great too. But Bill Guerin, I think the most important thing that he's doing now is is he is using what made him a leader and a really good player to observe and tweak things in that room. Because, look... In the course of a season, if you're going to be a successful hockey team, what goes on in that room is incredibly important. You can't just say, let's just get a bunch of good players. And it, No. I'm not saying that they need to love each other, but there needs to be a respect there. And it needs to start with respect for the coach as well. And so Marcus Foligno exhibits, I think, in that room, and, and as you said on the emergency pod decks, he's got the it factor. Marcus Foligno exudes in that room what you want from the it guy, where everyone's like, oh, okay, this is the guy that we should pay attention to. And that's a very important thing before you ever step on the ice. And I think what's really important about that locker room is, yeah, not wanting to gut punch just for the sake of it because you're now on the outside of the playoff picture and teams are calling. As Garen said, I mean, his phone's ringing almost every day. I'm sure there's ongoing talks, but you do have to be careful with who you take away from that locker room. And Felino's someone I think you do need to keep around. I, I even said, what, just three weeks ago, if the deal's right, heck, do it. Strike, strike, strike. But now after talking to Garen and kind of taking some time, I really think Felino's best served to be here long term. And even though he's in year three out of the four of his contract, you possibly can talk extension this year. Felino doesn't strike me as a guy that says, I want X. I think he does. he's going to go to a negotiation table with a respectable mindset and say, you know what? I am here for the long term. I understand. We still got probably a year or two away from being competitive. I'm willing to take another team-friendly deal. I mean, when he first signed here, it was a disaster. And it was almost like Tyler Ennis, who got bought out after the first year. Felino was in buyout category, too. Yeah, he's terrible. And he turned into a great player off the ice last year. This year, he's taken even a bigger step, I think, on the ice. His skill set is obviously limited, but you're noticing him more on the ice in a positive way. And you don't want to get rid of that guy. And that's why he's not going to break the bank. Like, he's not going to go go in and say, look at what I do. What he does is a lot of intangible stuff. But those are the type of things that this franchise has been lacking for how long? Yeah. Why did this team, ask yourself this question, why did did the Minnesota Wild in year, I believe, three of their existence with Jacques Lemaire, who was a phenomenal coach. Yep, love him. um, Why did they make a run to the Western Conference Finals? The answer is, look at the character on that team. Look at the Jimmy Dowds, the West Walls. Just go down that, the, the Brad Bombardiers, the Andrew Brunettes. I could go down a la- the Richard Parks, a laundry list of guys who weren't the most talented guys, but what did they do? They worked their asses off. They worked incredibly hard. 
They could lead, and they didn't put up with any BS. Correct. And then think about the, the wild, the permeations of the wild in the last five years or so, and how much BS has existed with guys not being happy. With I don't like playing for Mike Yo. Well, now I don't like playing for Torch because he's too tough on me. And them basically always bending over backwards for this group, and then being like, okay, we'll go get Bruce because Bruce has had winning teams, and Bruce can. And I think what Bill Guerin has probably observed, and I think Paul Paul Fenton, to his credit, started to see this as well, is I got to turn this locker room over to a certain point. And that's why that secondary core group had to go. Yeah. I mean, Jason, look, if Fenton, if Calgary hadn't, because the report was Calgary screwed up the paperwork at the deadline last year. If Calgary doesn't screw that, that up, now that's a bad trade because, as I recall, it was oh. like Michael Froelich, who now is in Buffalo. Yeah. That was a bad trade. But Jason Zucker would have been gone to Calgary. Fast forward to what? May. Phil Kessel, a defenseman. Mm-hmm. And and now in that trade, the Wild sends Victor Rask, which isn't a bad thing, and Zucker to Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I would still much rather have a first-round pick, a flyer on Galchenyuk, who I can dump off, and a prospect defenseman than Phil Kessel, who interested me zero. Correct. But the point was, Paul Fenton knew full well that the Coils and Nita Riders and Granlins, I'm sorry, folks, I know y'all loved him and your 64 jerseys, and the Zuckers, that group had to move. They had to move. To move on, they had to go. In the words of a famous Scornworth promo, they plateaued. That group plateaued. They never took the next step. I believe it was the 2014 series against Colorado where the Wild took Chicago to six games in the semifinals. Every, they all teased us. Everyone, all those kids played exceptionally well. Every one of them had a moment in that series or in that run that made them look special. And then they never were able to build upon that. Essentially, they peaked in that 2014 playoff run and they were never able to take the next step. I think it's also a very fair assessment now to make that they didn't have the intestinal fortitude to do so. Also correct, yeah. A guy like Luke Cunnan has the intestinal fortitude. Marcus Foligno, which is why Jordan Greenway scares me. I don't know that he does. I don't know the answer to that question. But the problem was Granlund and Coyle and Nino and Zucker as a group, that's four guys right there, four key guys. They didn't have it. None of them. At least in the Greenway case, I'm talking about one player. I know what you're talking about. Because I look at Cunnan and I say, and and I... To me, the jury is still out on Ryan Donato. I don't know on him, but I like what he brings, and I do think he's got some grit to him, and I love the fact he shoots. But I think you just had a group there that never really had – they. if this makes sense, they never had an interest in overthrowing the present hierarchy when you wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Like, you wanted them to be like, hey, Zach, sit down, calm down. I got this. But it was always like, oh, no, Zach's t- – you know, no, that's not how the, this is supposed to work. This is supposed to work – when Luke Cunning gets PO'd, he goes and does something. Yeah. He doesn't just pout or or slash a guy and take a penalty. He'll do that too. But he'll also go fight. He'll also go work harder. All of those things. There's a there is, I think, a lot of reason here. If you get Kaprasov here and you get the right draft picks to believe that this team can begin a really solid seismic turnaround, begin it next year and take off in a couple of years. And then, of course, the discussion, the discussion, excuse me, on Judd's Hockey Show is going to come back to the most important thing, which is goaltending, which is a matter for another day. But that's going to get to be a very important discussion point at some point soon here because somebody's going to have to stop the puck consistently. Exactly, yeah. Don't reach for goaltending until you absolutely have to. And I guess to briefly wrap up on your point about the current young group, I look at Fiala, and obviously the skill set's there. 
but there's a swagger about Kevin Fiala that you, you talk to him, With there you. is a confidence that oozes out of him. It might rub people the wrong way. To me, I love it. Uh, with Luke Cunningham, he might not be the most talented player on the ice, but he's going to work hard and he's going to hold people accountable. With just those two people alone, those two, the, the, the Nino, Coyle, Granlin, Zuckers of the world, they didn't have one of those guys. And two of those guys exist right now in Fiala and Cunningham. If you tell Fiala you're damn good, he looks at you and says, damn right, I'm damn good, shut up. If you looked at Granlin and said, you're damn good, he'd look up at you and say, you really think so? Right, exactly. And you'd be like, yeah, you're super talented. (laughs) Apply it. And do me a favor, Mikhail Granlin, apply it on the 200 by 85 ice because we don't play Olympic hockey here, okay? Yep, tell him that, Nashville. Go ahead. That it? Yep, that's it. I believe we are. Thanks to Bill Guerin. Lou Nanny on what's been a very active Judd's Hockey Show. I'm Judd. He's Declan. We're done. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.